Welcome back. This is Walter Morello with the Alchemist Nation podcast. I'm hanging out with my new friend, Hone Tai. Hone, you got a middle name that is so badass. Uh, why don't you, why don't you uh, bring us into what you used to say about yourself? All right. All right. So uh, the, the middle name that I created, right, is Houdini. So that goes Hone Houdini Tai, helping you escape your nine to five. <laughs> I love it. So you said Hone, like loan. I, I got to I got to grasp and guess that you've got some sort of mortgage background or uh, lending background of some sort. It's funny because I created the name after, yeah, after I had some lending, lending background. So now I have Hones Loans. So if you actually, if you want to contact me, go to hone at honesloans.com. I love it. So usually at some point in the podcast, I'm like, Hey, by the way, like how do people contact you? And normally uh, people on the podcast get just shocked. They're like, ah, really? Uh, you know, I'm not really... Phone number? <laughs> no, don't the phone number. <laughs> that's that's not the right direction. <laughs> so Hones right. Loans spell literally just loan with an H. Hone, yes. Honesloans.com. Honesloans.com. Yeah. Hone at honesloans.com works. If you want to get in touch with me, I can put it right there on the screen if you want. There you go. Hone at honesloans.com. Yeah. I gotta know how you do that. Now I okay. We're gonna do a class right after this. Oh, after, <laughs> after this. I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna be sharing my secrets with everybody, just you. Just you. All right. So for uh $9.99, you can buy this course, run to the back Abs- of the room. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Tons of courses available if you're interested. <laughs> so Owen, how did you get into real estate? How'd you uh how'd you decide you wanted those loans? But do you also invest yourself on the side? Oh, absolutely. So investing is my main business. And then as I, as I became a better and better investor, people reached out to me and they're like, Hone, I want to be an investor just like you. Right. And I was like, okay. And so I'd help people here and there just, just informally. And then I figured, let me do it formally. So now I help people formally become real estate investors. I have education programs and things like that to show them step-by-step on how to become a real real estate investor. And when I say real, I mean, like there are people who bought a house and then they decided to move and they're like, oh, you know what? I'm going to rent this house out. And then they kind of, uh, uh, they just stumbled upon becoming a landlord. And that's, I mean, you're technically a, a landlord, but you're, you're, you didn't do it intentionally. So what I do is I show people how to buy properties intentionally, how to analyze the property, how to look at your cash on cash return, how to look at the ROI, how to determine whether you're overpaying, underpaying, all that kind of stuff, right? Have actual analysis, not just buy a house that you wanted to live in and then like decide to rent it out later. So I became an educator after becoming an actual investor myself. And I became an investor myself because of course, like everybody else, Rich dad, poor dad. You like, nice. we've never even spoke. And I, I'm sure you already knew that answer. Of course. Right? So rich dad, poor dad was the one that did it for me. Passive income, learning about passive income, and then being able to acquire assets that pay for my liabilities. Like that's the formula. And the beautiful thing about real estate is that there's a structure, there's a formula. And I've done other businesses. You might've done other businesses too. Like, let's say if you were in elementary school, you were like, okay, I'm going to go to the store and buy candy and then I'm going to sell it for my locker. Now that's technically a business, right? But it's so labor intensive that it's not a real structured business. Whereas with real estate, it can be as hands-on or as hands-off as you want it to be. That's what I like about it. That's what I like about it. But I am not one of these guys who are like, oh my God, I love real estate. Uh, I always tell people I hate real estate. There's nothing to like. There's nothing to love. It's like bricks. It's somebody else's house now. Somebody else lives in there. Like, I don't care. Yep. I I do it for the money. 100%. (laughs) I do it it for the money. 
you're you're real about it. So you you've got you've got an awareness of yourself. You you figured it out. You understand that this is something that makes good money, and you're just doing it because it get it pays and it makes That's sense it. to to do it. You know, I I love that because. Like, yes. Do I love making money? Of course. Do I love the challenge of real estate? Yes. I, I will do it all day. But when it comes down to the actual properties themselves, I have no emotional attachment. I, ha- I right. don't care you know, about the real estate. So you got into it. What There was a point in your life where you said, hey, I've got to start making money. What, what was that point? What changed things for you? Uh, well, it was being at my corporate job. I have an engineering background. So I have a, I have a, mechanical engineering degree. I have a master's in financial engineering. I was working in corporate America and I was just like, is this it? Am I done like this for the next 30 plus years? The, the thing that really kind of scared me, right. Is I was at work. I was at work and my boss, he threatened me and I was just like, Whoa, hold on, hold on. So he threatened me. He said, hone, if you keep working as hard as you are one day you will have this job and i was like whoa no i don't want none of that holy right? shit like, <laughs> there's no winning here <laughs> there's no winning there's no that the threat was a promotion and yeah. in in all honesty i didn't want one and that's how i knew like this is not for me because every time i would look at my boss i would be like do i want that life do i want what he has do i want those responsibilities and the answer was always no Right. And, and since, um, and then since he, it was always no, then it was kind of like, why, why would, uh, why would I continue work to work hard in this situation? Right. Why would I continue to just keep on working hard? And so yeah. I decided like, I got to figure out my plan B. I got to figure out how to get out of here. And so, yeah. so where, what was it that connected you? you? Who gave you rich dad, poor dad? How'd you come across the book? You know, some people get it, some people buy it. Uh, but a lot of people it's given as a gift. What, what was your, connection to the book how'd you find it yeah so that's that one's a fun fun story right so i met a girl and every good story starts this way awesome (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i met a girl and she said that she was reading this book called rich dad poor dad and i was like oh okay and i was trying to get with the girl of course right so (laughs) so i tell her i was like oh i actually think i have that book right and I went home and it turns out I didn't have the book. <laughs> so I was like, uh-oh, I'm going to be a fraud. So let me go get the book and let me read the book because she had already started. But once I picked up the book up, I couldn't stop. I couldn't read it or I couldn't stop reading it. I, and then I finished it within, I don't know, a day or two. And I was just like, wow. And that's what changed everything. So she, because she was reading that book, that caused me to buy the book. And then that caused me to become a real estate investor. Like that was it. That was the life changing moment. Wow. Yeah. I, I've not, you know, I've not run across that one as a story. And, uh, but I do think that a lot of people do probably do stuff like that because of a spouse. And so you could be a yeah. good influence. Uh, if you're out there serial dating, make sure you're serial throwing out that book to people. <laughs> right. Right. So and then, uh, phenomenal. Yeah. Fast forward. And uh, now we're married yeah. and she's a real estate agent now. And cause she was, she, she was an, en- she was an engineer as well. And yeah. you know, the same thing, you know, the job scene wasn't for her and now we're both self-employed and yeah. we work together, whether that's good or bad, <laughs> we work together <laughs> and yeah. yeah, we're married. We have our real estate portfolio that we're growing and it's, it's cool. It's cool. Nice. So, 
So your yeah. real estate portfolio, what is that made up of? And by the way, congratulations on uh, that book. To, like, I guess that's a good way to date, right? Will you read this? And if we have a similar mindset, we'll probably stick together. Uh, so phenomenal. But how did you, uh, like, how many units are you up to? What, what's the portfolio look like? And yeah. what do you like about it? What do you not like about it? So my portfolio is mainly single family and smaller multifamily. Um, I actually started my career with a six unit apartment building. Like that was my very first one. And <laughs> yeah. And it was kind of like, Hey, Hone, do you want to buy this? And I was just like, um, don't people usually start with a smaller, <laughs> smaller right. property. <laughs> right. And then, but the, the cool part was I, I had gone to a seminar and this is how I learned how to become a real estate investor. I, I went to a seminar because for two years after reading the book for two years, I tried to become a real estate investor and yeah. it, it, it didn't work. I, I would pull one of these things. I, I, pick up the phone, I'd call and I'd say, Hey, to a real estate agent, right? I said, Hey, send, send me, uh, send me your best deals. Yeah. Send me or send me really good deals, right? Send me really good deals. Yeah. What, what do you think was the problem with that question? Send me good deals. They don't know what a good deal is. Correct. They don't have deals to begin with. So, right. So those were both problems. Right. And then the other yep. problem, I didn't know what a good deal was. Right. Right. So I nope. didn't know what a good deal was and neither did he. So it was the blind leading the blind. Now, as any good real estate investor or agent, you just send whatever, <laughs> send yeah. something, send something. MLS. Here you go. Here's there access go. to the MLS. Here, here's a list of 400 good properties. <laughs> okay. <Yep. laughs> so I, I, I looked through the list and um, we walked through a couple, we walked through yep. a couple. And at the end of it, he says every single time, oh, this is a good one. You should put an offer in. <laughs> okay. Oh, so, so we're three for three, huh? <laughs> no bad ones. They're all good, Hone. They're all good. <laughs> that was the red flag. That and what year was this? Uh, how long ago was uh, this? 2000. So I, I read the book in 2009. So from oh, wow. 2009 until 2011 was this hunt for a property. Yeah. He, he not knowing anything, me not knowing anything, right? So two years I wasted trying to find a property. And then in 2011, I went to my first real estate seminar because once you get like kicked around enough, you're just like, somebody has to have the, have, has to have the answer, right? Yeah. So I went to the, um, at first I went to the Rich Dad seminar, obviously, like, you know, they get on the radio, hey, we got free seminars, come to your town, whatever. So I went and I, I bought their weekend one for 500 bucks, I remember. And I sat there and I was like, oh, these are cool concepts, right? But I'm still left like with big questions, big gaps in my knowledge. And I was like, yeah. I don't got enough. I don't have enough yet. So then uh, I, by chance, I met with a investor who was teaching a seminar. And so he was like, hey, uh, I got this seminar coming up. You should go. I was like, absolutely. I'll be there. What, what do I got to lose, right? I'm not moving ahead. Right. So if he's got this, if he has this seminar that could possibly get me just one nugget, that moves me forward, it's worth everything. Right. So I went to the seminar and it gave me all the nuggets to move forward. It gave me everything. It gave yeah. me the resources. He even, he's even the one who gave me the deal. He was like, Hey, do you want to buy this? <laughs> and I was like, um, don't people usually start smaller? And he was like, well, here's this, this is what yeah. I got. <laughs> so, um, I did the analysis that I learned from the seminar. Right. I did the analysis and I did it over and over and I tried to kill the deal because my fear was so loud. It was just like, hone, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail. Don't do it. Like be scared. You're supposed to be scared. And I was like, I am scared. <laughs> I've got, you're doing a good job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. Right. So, so that was, that was 
very scary. And then yeah. I said, okay, what am I scared of? So I, I, I turned on the logical side really loud. And I was just like, okay, what am I specifically scared of? And the only thing that you're po potentially scared of is losing money. Right. I said, okay, fine. If that's what I'm afraid of, then where are the potential pitfalls of losing money? Like, where can I lose money? Okay. If the property doesn't appraise right, I won't be able to refinance for enough. Okay. So let me, let me test it with a lower and lower and lower ARV. So right. I, I would, I would cut it down 10,000, rerun the numbers, cut it down another 10,000, rerun the numbers. I'm like, okay, I got to be pretty wrong about this ARV to lose any money. So, yeah. so far, so good. Where else can I lose money? Okay. If, if the six units don't rent for what I need it to rent for, at some point it will rent. So if I had a unit listed for 850 and everybody said no, then what about at 800? What about 750 at 700? At some point, somebody's going to say yes, right? So I just, again, I just turned the dials, reran the numbers, lowering the rental over and over and over. And I had, again, I had to be pretty wrong in order for this thing to not work. And then finally the rehab. So if the rehab went over budget again, just crank that dial and rerun the numbers. And so that was it. ARV re rental income and the rehab. And I just kept cranking those numbers and kept putting them in through the Excel sheet and it just kept working. And I was like, the only reason why this would be a no is because I'm being a little punk. That's it. There's no, <laughs> there's no mathematical reason right. why I shouldn't do this. It was just that I would just be in a punk. And so from that point forward, I created this little philosophy yeah. uh, that, that has been driving my life ever since. It is fire aim ready. Yep. Okay. Fire aim ready. And, and there's different variations of it. Some people say like fire ready aim or some, something, right? They, but yeah. mine was just fire aim ready. And the reason it is in that order is in order to be able to correct yourself and improve, you need to have something you're correcting. Right. Right. And so if I never take the shot, if I never fire, yeah. then there's no correcting anything. So I need to fire. And then once I fire, then I can course correct. Then I can improve on my mistakes. So that's the aim part. And once you aim, 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 now you're ready. Exactly. Right now you're ready. So a lot of people get stuck at ready, aim, 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 and they never fire. <laughs> yeah. It, there's not even, they stop at ready, right? Most people stop at ready. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it's analysis paralysis, uh, before you, it's not even like looking at the deal. Like they won't even go analyze a the deal. They just, right. they just get scared and stopped. What do you do to pull people out of that? What What is one of the, the things that you've found? Is it that process that you just went through? Is it just go and actually analyze the deal and then you'll know? Well, it depends. It depends on the person, right? So, so there are different personalities. There are people who are introverted, extroverted, some people who are driven by money and lifestyle, other people who are driven by analytics and intelligence and knowledge. Other people are driven by how it's going to affect the people in their life, like how they, how their community, their family, how they will respond to it. Some people do it for self-validation like whether they have confidence or not. So really it just depends on who you're talking to and what tools you use to pull them out of their own funk and out of their own way. So right. that's what I've learned as an educator. And, and as I'm training people and dealing with hundreds and then thousands of people over the years, it's 
it's the same pattern over and over. There are personality traits that everybody has. Yep. You have to talk to them the way they want to be spoken to. If you talk to them based on what drives you, that does not necessarily work unless they are like you. Right. If they are different and you talk to them the way you want to be spoken to, it doesn't work. So you have to see what what moves them. And if if somebody isn't driven by money and you're like, oh, look at the car you can buy and look at the the lifestyle you can have, and they're like, I don't care. Right. <laughs> like if they're more of somebody who who cares for their community and you're like, look with this money, you can donate to your, your church or you can donate to the, the local animal shelter or whatever it is. Right. It's like, Oh, okay. So you got to figure out what moves people. And well, for me, that well, was I, it. I gotta, I gotta ask a question. Uh, two things. So it sounds like you use personality assessments. What is your fair? What do you rely on? And uh, what would you say that there are more of in the world from your experience? So the, the most powerful one personality one that I've been kind of going off of is this one by a guy named Woody Woodward, Woody Woodward, and it's called the drive system. So drive is an acronym, D-R-I-V-E. D stands for director. R stands for relator. I stands for intellect. V is validator and E is executive. And each one of those has a different desire. So director is all about lifestyle, cars, trips, things like that. Relator is all about the community aspect of it. How, how does it affect them, their family, and the people around them? Intellect, that person cares about the details. It's like, okay, tell me, Hone, what is the tax rate of FICA? And how does a self-directed retirement account work? And how what's the interest rate that I can charge? You know, stuff like that. Uh, a validator, that one's an interesting one. That That is about, I want to say it's about them living up to their potential. Like it's all about them trying to prove to themselves that they are great. And it's this everlasting chase. They're trying to validate their existence. Right. Right. And then executive, that's all about how, uh, whether it works, like prove to me, it works. Show me the numbers. The, like, what are the results that you got? Okay. So you're saying that this program works. Okay, cool. Or you're saying like, I should invest in real estate. Okay, why should I invest in real estate over, say, stocks or options or this or that? What what are what's the proof? What's the numbers? So right. that's an executive. So depending on who you you're talking to, based on those five personality traits, you get to talk to to them the way they want to be spoken to. And it's it's interesting because you've obviously you spent a lot of time with this. You can probably do this in, in quick conversations. That I and the E sound very similar, except I is more information for information's sake, and E is information with with a purpose behind it. It seems like results, correct? Results. Yeah, yeah. So the I, I's and E's can can be very similar. The difference is, I guess, to make it extreme, an I would be Damon John from Shark Tank. He wants to know about the manufacturing process and things like that, right? And then you got Kevin O'Leary, who is the executive, and he's like, show me the numbers. And he's like, how much did you make? And what's your revenue? And this and that. So right. intellect is maybe more about processes. And then executive is more about the result of the process. Right. I, I like that. And so you'd say the V, if you go to Shark Tank, uh, do you have a shark on the Shark Tank who hits the V? Uh, it, Mark Cuban. Mm. Mark, Mark Cuban. Makes sense. High ego, really good guy, but high ego, always looking to, okay, it makes yep. sense. 
Yep, validator, Mr. Popular, right? He like his biggest yep. investment was in a in a, a club or party party app yep. or something like that. Yeah, so yeah, it was the Dallas uh, the Dallas Mavericks or, or whatever. Exactly they are. Yeah. right. So he's like all about the parties and all about like like being the the, the center of the party. Yep. So, so validator, the director, uh, lifestyle would be uh, Robert Hershevik because if you ever see his intro, he's got like the Rolls Royce with the doors that open up the, the other way, and you know it, it, that his his is all about lifestyle. Yeah. And then uh, Lori Grenier, she she's a relator. She she's all about like creating right. community. And then if you ever see like her promotions, they're all about. Uh, let me get you, let me get your product in bed, bath and beyond. And then let's have a, like a, a bed, bath and beyond unveiling of all of your products. Like let's have a big party and launch and like, let's do this together kind of thing. Yep. Yep. Let's get the family together. Let's get the community together. Exactly. Fascinating. I've never heard of drive, but you just, uh, in, in a f- short little essence, you kind of gave us what it is. Uh, so obviously this is something you use a lot in your, your teaching. And so very valuable for people to learn and be able to uh, move forward because uh, especially if they're working with sellers or uh, say they're an agent working with buyers, being able to read your client is so imperative to be able to move them forward. Uh, so you're not losing those appointments, right? Like you go on an appointment and you, you see all the, all the checkpoints that this person wants to sell and then they don't work with you. Well, it's because right. you didn't build rapport well enough, like using a, a system like this. Exactly. Exactly. So that that's perfect because there's, there are classes drive for sales, drive for communication, drive for development, drive, like drive for anything. Right. Yeah. And sales is a big one because it's all about how you, how you communicate with your end client so that they know and have certainty that your product is the right product for them. If you've ever followed uh, Jordan Belford, oh, the, yeah. Wolf, the Wolf of Wall Street. Yep. He's got he's got his own training program, yep. uh, Straight Line Persuasion, I believe it's called. Yep. And it's he says that the the line, there's like a water line, and people start off under the water line and they're at a no, 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 underneath the water line. As soon as they pass the water line, then it becomes a uh a yes, right? After the water line, it becomes a yes. So while the person's underwater and it's a no, what you're doing is you're you're increasing their level of certainty about you and about the product that they're that you're pitching to them. Just because it's a no, it doesn't mean you're not making any any progress. It's just the no's go a little higher, a little higher, a little higher, closer and closer and closer to the waterline. Right. So the the no's actually are just not yet. Not yeah. yet, not yet, not yet. I'm, I'm still listening for you to build up the rapport. I'm still listening for you to build up my certainty in right. your product. So if you can learn about how to talk to them in their language, in their drive language, then you can get them over that waterline yep. to the certainty and saying yes. Yeah, that's powerful. And so you do that with your students. It, it's the same thing. You're selling the concept of success. You're selling the concept of go buy a property, take action. And so being able to get into their heads in a way that they'll understand and appreciate you, it actually helps you move them forward. I think that's how all this came about uh, was how you actually pull people and move them forward. So uh, really powerful. Hone, we're, like, we're diving into this and going into a lot of different stuff, but for somebody to reach out to you again, what was the website? How to get somebody find out how to get move forward, learn uh, all the the training where the money is, how to get the deal. Uh, what was that website again? 
Uh, so if if somebody wants to learn more about my trainings and things like that, they can go to truthaboutrei.com. So REI, real estate investing, right? Truthaboutrei.com. They can go there and, and stay connected. Also, if you guys want to email me, hone, that's H-O-A-N, hone at honesloans.com, right? That's plural, H-O-A-N-S-L-O-A-N-S.com, hone at honesloans.com to stay in touch. Awesome. And then after, after this, shoot me a text, I'll drop that into YouTube. I'll drop that into the comments of uh, this video so that anywhere we share not the comments, I'll put it right in the main uh, text so that anybody who wants it uh, can find it. So Hone, there is, there is, everything is energy, Every, you know, making money is energy and uh, it's just currency. And we're, we're just moving to obviously make the world a better place, which is why you teach. Nobody teaches for fun. I mean, it is fun as results, but uh, you're doing things to move people forward on, on some level. So I've got to ask what, if, if you see yourself five, 10 years from now, what impact do you see yourself leaving behind? Well, uh, I guess it's just more of what I, I'm doing right now. I do actually teach for fun a bit. Right? Oh, I do teach here. for fun. Yeah. <laughs> because there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that I do for free and it's not all about the money, but if somebody wants a formal process, then there's things that they can buy. I do help a lot of people and the legacy that I'm leaving behind, I'm already seeing it. People are just like forever grateful that I've been able to show them what real estate investing actually is and that you don't have to love it and it's okay to do it for the money. So there's a lot of what I do is I actually just make things okay. Meaning I give you permission because nobody else has. So this whole idea of escaping your nine to five, most of your friends, coworkers, family would think you're crazy. And I will say that if you are set up, it's okay. Like, I don't, I don't want you to be irresponsible, just quit and not have an income stream. Right. But I'm saying that if you have the skills, if you have the actual proof that you're capable of creating money outside of your job, yep. then it's okay to leave your job. The biggest thing, or the, one of the biggest hurdles that entrepreneurs run into is that they feel like an outsider. They feel so alone in this world. And I don't want them feeling that way. Right. So a lot of people gain a lot of comfort by just being within my circle because for a long time they did feel like an outcast. And I'm here to just tell you, you know, it's okay. And by the way, the system as a whole was built for it, for us to, to kind of struggle. If you think about it, those who work at a nine to five job, they pay the highest in taxes right? They pay the highest in taxes and they, they're paying the ultimate price, which is their time because yeah. you can't get that back. And so how many lives, how many families were, I don't know. I, I don't want to say it like this, but like, if you had more time with your family, I, I was going to go down a different route, but if yeah. you had more time with your family, would you guys have a better relationship, right? Better than if you were always working and never saw each other. So I think it's important that you figure out how to regain your life, how, how to regain your time. And so that you can spend it with the people you want to spend it with. And in the way that you want to spend it, we only get one shot at this. Now, it seems like life is a very long thing and it's the longest thing we will ever do, of course. Right. But it goes by quickly. And if you look back in the last five years, you're like, man, five years have already passed. That's bananas. Yeah. I was, um, I was sitting with my wife and uh, I, I just put an offer into a building yesterday. Nice. And I was looking for an agreement of sale to use. 
and I looked at an old agreement of sale and I was like, Hey babe, do you like, does it feel like when we bought this property that it was in 2017? So like three years ago, we bought a property Nope. And I showed her the agreement of sale that we used for that property. And she's like, oh my God, no, like time flies. <laughs> and so you have, to be, you have to be super careful that you don't just say that, oh, I'll do it tomorrow in terms of, of learning how to become, a, become an investor or an entrepreneur. Yeah. Stop, stop saying tomorrow because five years will pass and you're not going to get those back. And it takes time, right? As you know, like becoming an investor, it takes time. You don't develop all these skills overnight. So give yourself the time now, say, okay, I'm not going to be an investor today, but I'm going to start the process of learning how to become an investor so that I will have all the skills I need so that I can eventually create the money that I need in order to leave my job. Right. And, and I'm going to surround myself with people who are also doing this so that I don't feel like a crazy person for thinking that I can be on my own. Right. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's, that's the legacy where people just feel like, you know what? I, I got this. I, I do have this. Oh, and I, I love that. You're, you're caring, you're empathetic. You, you went through all the same stuff. And so uh, they say your pain becomes your product or your pain becomes your, your way of helping. And so you've, you've experienced it and you've done it with your wife. And so you understand the, the stresses of real estate you both do and you're working together, which is another piece that most people that I see, I'd say 40% of the people who come through our programs, would love to see their spouse engaged, would love to see their spouse doing it with them. They envision having their kids work for them, their families work for them, or, you know, all working together. And you've actually been able to do that. And, uh, you know, obviously she's an agent, you're, you're doing the lending side and you're doing the investment piece together. Uh, what would you say is the, the hardest part of, you know, doing it with your spouse? What would you say that the most difficult thing about real estate investing? <laughs> together <laughs> yeah that one uh, <laughs> pick one pick one <laughs> just one uh um when you guys don't see eye to eye with something it it follows you it follows you to dinner it follows you to lunch it follows you to bed it follows you in the morning it fo- it like and then it and then it follows you like five years later hey do you remember that time when you said that oh so there's all of that. Yeah. There's that because being being in business with your spouse, I mean, your business partners, and you hear about like business partners not agreeing with certain things and all that kind of stuff. Now, the beauty is with my wife being my business partner, it's not like, oh, am I getting the fair share of equity in this deal or not? It's, I mean, it's 100% both of us, you know? Right. So there, there's no her her half my half or anything like that it's what we make we make so right. the in terms of that like there's there's none of that uh, i mean you fight about the littlest things like I, I remember this one fight we had it's like do we put a window here or do we just make the window smaller and it's it that one lasted for hours nope and it was a window for a rental and it was like <laughs> who cares it's not gonna pay us anymore <laughs> yeah and so that one lasted for a long time. And, and then just little things like that, right? Just little, little things. And, and it does, it, it's because there's this thing that people do in general. And, and I find that my wife and I do it. And I find other people who argue do it is that we fight as if everything depends on it. 
<laughs> we fight as if yep. everything depends on it. And when I say everything, I mean, it feels like life and death because we, we evolved from cavemen and women and cavemen and women used to live in tribes. And if you got ousted from the tribe, you're, you're as good as dead right? You're as good as dead. And so when you're fighting, you feel like your, your livelihood or your life is on the line because it's like, okay, if we don't get along, then we're out. And if that person doesn't respect me, then we're out. And if that person thinks I'm, I don't know, just against the tribe, then you're out. Like, so you're fighting right. for your position yep. in the tribe for life. And even though the tribe is small, it's just me and her, <laughs> your brain doesn't know the difference. Right. And so you got to do a lot of personal development in order to just be okay with that. Well, at least I want to say this. I need to do a lot of personal development. Other people, they're yeah. maybe much more stable, maybe much more stable mentally than me. So everybody has something, right? Everybody has something. Some, sometimes people are like, oh, I had a broken family growing up or you know, my family grew up broke or this or that, right? Everybody has something that they're getting over. Even yeah. things that are just internal and mental yeah and whatever that thing is that you're dealing with deal with it and spend as much time as you need on it but take it seriously because it is everything like that is the that's the dif difference between success and failure that's the difference between going on and quitting that's the difference with everything so for me i actually have to do a lot of work on my mentality to be the way i am the way you see me today, the way that I'm presenting myself today yeah. requires lots and lots of work. Like right. if it were makeup, my face would be caked, right? <laughs> but you can't see the mental work. People right. can't see mental work. They can only see the result of the mental work. Right. So, so it's okay to work on yourself. And I, I say of anything, take that the most serious because that's the one that leads to everything else. You can't, yeah. You, you don't have the time or the capacity to become a real estate investor if you can't get out of your own way in terms of the breakdowns that you have. Yeah, I, Hon, I, I love it. You're, you've given us so much value. That, that last nugget was so powerful too because it's, it's the element that creates all of your success. You know, you could teach them the skills. I can teach them the skills, the techniques, all these elements, but without that mindset to achieve that mindset to do whatever it takes a mindset to be open to communication to uh, put ego aside to to win the deal and and come to a win-win situation not a, a win off oh, if i don't you know if they don't come down to this price i've lost well as long as you know your numbers you're going to be fine you don't have to win right if they came to your price you don't have to ratchet them any further you can you can have a win-win situation but if you don't have that mentality of uh, you know, self-development and working on yourself, it really makes every deal going forward that much messier or muddier. It's like not having the systems in place. And as you scale, that damage is in there continuously, you know, rotting out the house underneath. So it's, uh, how did you come to that? How did you realize? Um, I love that you just said that it's like the systems that you put in place, right? So in your own life, in my own life, I should, I'm going to continue to speak from my <laughs> point of view. Yeah. Right. In my own life, I found that when I didn't have a system mentally to process things that were happening in my life, that my life would, my, my brain would just spin out of control and it would be scared and it will retreat. It will make up all kinds of stories that make the situation seem worse than it really is. And, and like, I want to quit just like everybody else. I want to give up just like everybody else. It's difficult just like it is for everybody else for me. Yeah. But, um, 
I had to learn that like the breakdowns that I have seem to have a similar pattern when they happen to me, they, they affect me in the same way. Like you can actually feel pain in certain points. So like it may, it may be a pain point where I feel it in my head or I'll feel it in my gut or I'll feel it. And you almost have to just stop trying to fix everything and you have to feel it first. And then you just get used to this pattern and you get used to like knowing where, where it comes from and then you can address it now still a work in progress. But if you want to get, if you want to move forward in this life, if you want to get ahead in, in whatever it is that you you're doing, you got to figure out where your breakdowns come from, see the patterns and then stop falling for that same trap, right? Your brain is setting you up for failure a lot of times because your brain doesn't know that what you're about to do is helpful or not helpful. So the, the, the best thing that we can do for ourselves is eat right and exercise, but we don't do it. Why? Because our brain tells us not to. Why? Right. Because it's lazy because it's got things built into it that uh, didn't say exercise was a good thing. Exercise wasn't a good thing when you were a caveman because you're trying to conserve your energy. So your brain isn't always there to serve you. It's there to do what it thinks is best. And right. sometimes what it thinks is best no longer applies. It's an old operating system, yeah. right? But now we have this new operating system that's running parallel with the old one. The problem is the, the new one did not override the old one. They're right. running in parallel. So you have these conflicting messages between your front and your back brain. And sometimes you just have to pause. When, when the back brain is screaming, you have to pause and then listen to the front one and then allow the front one to outsmart the back one. Yeah. Like it's got it's to outsmart it. And I just kept having breakdowns in my life. You know, I just kept having breakdowns in my life and you can only fall off the bike so many times before you learn how to balance. Yep. That's, I mean, it's just by sheer necessity. I'm not this wise Yoda. I'm a person who had a lot of breakdowns and by having these breakdowns, that's what got me to this point. Oh, and after this conversation, you do seem like a wise Yoda. So maybe, maybe <laughs> wise Yoda just had a few breakdowns and, uh, and got to that point where it's like, you know what? I think I've got it. You know, this little bit of maybe not everything, but Hohen, it sounds like you got a really good grasp on life. And uh, I know that people have learned a lot from this. I've learned a lot from this. And, and your mentality is really powerful, really strong. Um, so, we didn't even speak about real estate. <laughs> oh, I, I, we're going to go back to it. Don't you worry. Uh, so uh, I know you had a thing where you share your screen and uh, you can draw a little house. Uh, so what was that presentation about? Oh, I, I don't even actually have a presentation. Um, I just wanted to, I mean, if, if we can go right, let me, let me go right back to it. Here we go. Yeah, man. So let's, let's see. Let me, here we are back in my office, my fake yep. office. Right. And then, <laughs> and then because I was just in space and then here we are. Right. Yep. And so for those who are following along, who are brand new in real estate or not yet in real estate, the reason that you want to be in real estate is one of two reasons, right? So it's either here's a a big bag of money, right? So that's a lump sum payment, or um, you get a bunch of cash flow from rent, right? Those are the two main way or two main reasons why anybody invests in real estate, lump sum money or cash flow, plain and simple. So what I love, what I love about real estate is that I can buy a property, right? So let's say I bought this little house and I bought this house for a hundred K. So 
without me doing anything, just by me owning it, and I own it, what happens is I get paid money, right? I get paid money from the tenant, so it doesn't cost me any money to own it. It actually makes me money. And then I can use other people's money, right? OPM, right? I can use other people's money to buy the house. So, so number one, I have no money out of my pocket. And then number two, I own this property that pays me instead of me paying it, right? Completely opposite of anything else that we own in life. Like if I have a cell phone, uh, I pay for it, right? It doesn't pay me. I pay for it as long as I own it. And I might want to put a new case on it. I might want to buy a new charger. It's always just going to cost me money to own it longer. The house is opposite. It's paying me. Now, I know there's maintenance and stuff like that, but hopefully it's paid me enough to cover all of that. So I own the property. It pays me. But the, the magic of it all, the magic of it all is that over time, because of inflation, because of appreciation, because of whatever, the value will go up. Now, it might go up simply because the, the, the value of the dollar went down, but who cares? You own Which the asset. Like that's what's happening. Right, right. You own the asset that, that pays you, and voila, it's, it's amazing. It's like, there we go. So it, it just keeps on gaining in value, and by it gaining in value, you win. Yep. And, and it's simple, right? It's super simple. Just own assets. Yep. Own assets that cost you nothing to own. And as a bonus, it pays you and hold them and they rise in value. Now we can go into nitty gritty details of like, okay, so where did you get your OPM from? Like what, what money sources are you using? Things like that. And then we can also talk about, hey, home, when you want to buy more properties, what do you do? Like, do you sell the ones you have? Do you 1031 exchange it? Do you use more OPM to buy it? Like at what, like how you do it? That's all strategy and stuff you learn. But if you boiled it all, all, all down, you own a property that gains in value and pays you cash flow. Yep. As simple as it is, right? And so that I mean, that's it, right? That there's nothing, nothing to it really. Nothing to it. it. Back, back in space. You buy, yeah, I love it. <laughs> so you buy one house a year for five, 10 years, you're fucking rich. There's no getting there. Around, you go. That's right? it. Like, <laughs> No, obviously you got to learn the process, learn the systems, learn the skill sets. As you learn, you're not like three years into this, you're not just buying one house anymore. It's it you can't help yourself. You're buying two, three, four, whatever it is. But that right. first year, I think, is the worst year. The first year is just it's not even the buying of the house, it's the mental work to get to the point where you want to buy the house. And then once you've done that, it's then it's no big deal. And your mind kind of turns off this excitement factor, which should have been there afterwards instead of before. And, you know, I think a lot of people stop at one when they should have, you know, kept going. Uh, I think that you said something earlier that said, uh, you know, you know, I wasn't really sure like fake investors, right? Fake investors, they just own that, that condo that they lived in and then they, right. they go in, you know, not that they're fake. It's just that they are not, they didn't intentional. They're not intentional. They're not intentional. And I, I remember when I started this, I, in my head had this like messed up belief, but it kind of worked out for me, but it was a messed up belief of unless I own three of these, like three is kind of 
whatever. Like I may just be somebody who bought a lot of real estate, but at four, that made me an investor for whatever reason. That's fine. <laughs> I wanted that investor target and like it, it kept me going. And then once you hit four, like you can buy a lot of real estate. <laughs> right. So I had a similar rule when it came to mountain biking, right? So yep. my friends and I, we got together and I live in Philadelphia and we have the art museum, the Philly art museum, right? The Rocky steps and all. So on the side of the art museum, there was this huge ledge. It was probably like a 15 foot drop. And we had a rule that if you did something once, that could have been luck. But if you did it twice, then you can actually do it. So my friend jumped off the ledge with his mountain bike, landed just fine. And we were like, okay, well, you know the rule. That was luck. <laughs> and so he had to go do it again if he wanted that to count. Right. And sure enough, he did it again. And so we we're like, all right, you got that, right? That's yours. And then here's, here's the beauty of it. After he did it, because if you're standing on that ledge and you're looking down, you're just like, that is something else. I, I don't know if I want to do that. After he did it, I did it. And so did the rest of the people. Like we all did it, right? right. And then we're all doing it over and over. Now we're doing it without thinking. Now we're just like, oh, hey, check this out. Woo. Like yeah. nothing. But having that person do it and then doing, doing it twice back to back just to show you, I got this, guys. It's not that bad. It's like, oh, wow, that's awesome. So being right. around other investors, it's like, okay, so – you know, oh, so you bought, you have 10 properties, you have 20 properties, you have 30, like, how is that possible? Yep. Because most people come from the mindset of like, oh, I need a 20% down payment or a 30% down payment, right? Okay, cool. I got enough money saved to buy one. Right. How do you buy two? Okay. Right. You might've had a lot of money and bought two, but how do you buy three? <laughs> oh, like at some point yeah. you run out of down payment money. Yeah. You got to learn the other ways of investing. You got to learn the other ways of being. And yeah, it's it's one of those things that if you surround yourself with the right people, it it's way easier because 90% of this is mental. 10% is all strategy and paperwork and all that kind of stuff. That's the easy part. The hard part is the mental. Where are you going to have your breakdown? And what happens when you have your breakdown? Yeah. You quit? <laughs> no. And if you have the mindset, you can pay a coach to teach you the, the skill set, right? Like, that's the unfair advantage you get in life. If you have the mindset right, you can just go pay somebody to, hey, put a strategy together for me, right? That's what exactly. we do with our accountants, right? Hey, go put a strategy together yeah. for me, run it, and we'll we'll make sure we pay you at the end of the year, right? Like, there's people yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah, there there are people for that, and that that's a beautiful thing. What you just said there, I, I never heard it uh, eloquently put that way. Which was, yeah, if you if you have the mind or if you have you you already have the mindset, you can just pay for the other stuff, like like. Dang, that that would have been great for me, right? I find that I'm I'm like 80% of my day is spent on just fixing me. Right. <laughs> the other 20%, it's like, okay, let's let's do the business now. Right. Um, but I bring that up because the other thing is everybody has their own race and don't try to race other people. Right. Just keep doing what you know to do. Like if you're listening, guys, if you're listening to this, this recording. Um, just keep doing what you know to do. And what that means is learn how to raise more money, learn how to use OPM better, learn how self-directed retirement accounts work, learn all that kind of stuff. Also work on yourself and just keep doing that day in and day out. And if you end up buying one property this year, great. And if that, and if you do that and it leads you to buy 10 properties next year, Great. And if it leads you to buy two properties a year after that, don't beat yourself up over that. It's okay because maybe the deals didn't come your way. And the, the best deal sometimes is the deal you skipped out on. 
Yep. Right. Because you're better off not buying something than buying something that was bad because buying something that was bad or the numbers didn't work will actually set you back. Yep. And so don't, don't do this thing that I hear a lot of people do. Oh, this year, my goal is to buy 20 properties. It's right. like, why? Is that <laughs> yeah. Like why? Like, okay. What happens after you buy 20? Yeah. So like the numbers don't matter in, in the sense of like how, because w- what have you bought? What have you bought 20 properties and they were all negative cash flow? Right. Like, did you win? No. <laughs> like exactly. <laughs> yeah. When, so don't when, do that. When uh, people talk about the unit game with me and I'm like, why are we talking units? Right. Like who cares? Right. Like, like my units count differently than Boston units or LA exactly. units or New York units. So units, it's irrelevant. So then they'll say, oh, I want to have 500 units. You're just telling me how much you want to work, right? Or you're just telling me how much you want your property manager to work, like whatever that is. That's all you're telling me. And if you if you talk cash flow or residual, like now we can have a real conversation. Like this is what you're right. looking for. Now it makes sense <clears throat> to me. Uh, and, and you're absolutely right. They, they're just setting up these arbitrary goals because they've never actually looked at the math and never actually right. looked at it and said, this is what I actually want to create for myself. You may not even want rental property. It may come down to, <laughs> right? you may not, like it may come down to literally, I just want to make eight grand a month. And if that was happening, I don't give a shit how it happens, right? Exactly, exactly. And Tony Robbins actually talks about that. He was like, you know, you guys have a goal, but if you could, if you can achieve the result that you want without going through the plan that you set in place, would you be okay with that? And it's like, well, yeah, I'm just really after the goal. Right. whatever that goal is and really sometimes cash flow is the goal but then really it's the lifestyle that you think that the cash flow would equal is the goal and you have to be really really clear on that kind of stuff right because otherwise you're just aiming for arbitrary goals and if you hit them you may be no better in this life than before you hit the goal you know it's funny that you you bring that up. I see it all the time. There are ways to have the things you want without spending money. And you know, I talk about money all the time. I love making it. It's it's more of a game at this point, mm-hmm. And I really enjoy it. And I love seeing the investments. And there's a lot of things that money can do for me, which buys that next stock, buys gold, buys, you know, the piece of real estate. So there's some things that it does do that excite me. But a lot of the things that you can enjoy in life really don't cost much other than being a decent human being, you know, going and building good relationships and, uh, you know, connecting with the right people. And like those things don't cost anything. And so you're right. You've got to be clear about it. Like if you want to go zip line, maybe you just need to know a buddy who has a zip line, right? It's, right. Not, it's not like super crazy uh, to go and you don't have to pay that 300 bucks to go and do the zip line, right? It's like, there's different levels to how bad do you want something and money just allows you to do the things that you don't want to go build relationships for. Like, I, I don't right. really want to go build a relationship with a zip line guy. So, okay. I'm just going to go and pay him right now. <laughs> right. Right. There, there were, there was a, an interview that I saw where the person said, um, my, my goal is to become a billionaire. And it's like, okay, why? Right. Because they, they had this plan of becoming a billionaire and working really hard and, and exchanging 20 hours of their life every day to build this business seven days a week. Right. And so the goal, again, was to become a billionaire. And the person goes, why? Well, I want to have a private jet and I want to have a yacht and I'm going to do this and that and all that kind of stuff. It's like, OK, where are you going to go with the private jet? And the person was like, oh, I'm going to go here and there and this. Right. And then the person doing the interview actually was writing it down. Right. It's like, OK, you're going to go here, here, here. OK, cool. If you rented a private jet to go here for this long and do this and that and all that kind of stuff. And he added everything up, every bucket list item up. He yep. was like, you only need $250,000. Yep. And it was like, 
wait, what? <laughs> so, so you I can don't have to be a billionaire. <laughs> I don't have to be a billionaire, but I can still hit every one of my bucket list items yep. and I don't have to trade 20 hours of my life for it. So that's the thing, right? A lot of people now, I don't know. I don't know if you're in this or not, but there's this 5 a.m. club, right? <laughs> I don't subscribe. Okay. I've seen 5 a.m. Um, before, but I wasn't waking up. <laughs> <laughs> and I sometimes feel bad for not being in this 5 a.m. club, yeah. right? And I yeah. and I talk to all these very successful people and they're like, hone, if you want this and this and all, and all you got to work and you got to wake up early and you got to do this. And I'm thinking like, yeah, sometimes I think, yeah, I do want all of that stuff, right? I want all of that money. I want all that stuff. But do I want that lifestyle? Do I really want that lifestyle? And the answer was always no. It was kind of like, hey, Hone, do you want this promotion at my job? And the answer was actually no, I don't. It, it equals more money. Right. I don't want to trade my life because like I like my life. Like right. I, go, I go mountain biking whenever, like during the week, right? And when I go mountain biking, I go to the ski lifts, like, the, nice. like, like during the summertime, ski uh, the slopes – turn into mountain bike parks awesome. and you, you throw your mountain bike onto the lift and you bring yep. your, your bike to the top and you bomb down. Right. So on the weekends, those lift lines get really long on the weekdays, you bomb down the mountain. You're the first one back on the lift, like immediately. <laughs> right. Yep. That's a lifestyle that I enjoy a lot. Yeah. Right. That's a lifestyle that I enjoy a lot. And I, and I love that I'm still able young enough and able to do so. Right. Because I don't want to postpone these years while my hip doesn't break easily, while my yeah. while I can I can bounce back if I fall. Like I I want to be able to do that that kind of stuff because I love it. Like in terms of life, it's like do what you love, right? Do what you love. Great. What well, what hobbies do you love? And are you doing those? And yeah. and if I'm always working, the answer is no. Even if I'm working for myself. If I'm not doing the hobbies that I love, then it's like, damn, I missed a point. Yeah. You missed some, some checkbox in life and yeah. there was no reason to. Right. Right. So no regrets. Right. And I'm not a part of the 5 a.m. club. So for the <laughs> record, I've tried. I've tried yeah. many times and people are like, you know, just do it. And I, you're right. I could. But yeah. when I wake up, here's the problem. When I wake up at five, I want to fall asleep at eight. And then and at three o'clock, I'm, I'm not worth anything. And so right. it's like I just operate just poorly. But when I wake up at whatever time I wake up, I find that I'm very productive. I'm very effective. It's not about trading time. It's about getting things done. Yep. And so kind of like that whole Tony Robbins thing, if you could have what you wanted now without doing what you were about to do, would that be okay? And if the answer is yes, then I'm winning because I have a lot of what I want without having to do all the stuff that I thought I needed to do. So right. a lot of people will make you feel bad for not following their plan. Yep. But if the result is there, who cares what plan you use to get there? 100%. Hon, phenomenal advice. I, I wish more people could hear this because the, I think that people beat themselves up for not waking up early. You know, you go to you go to any success seminar and they'll say, you know, I'll ask somebody, why aren't you successful? I don't wake up early enough. Are you shitting me? Like, that is not the reason. You just don't want, you don't know what you want. Like, that's, if we're going to be real, you don't know what you want. You don't want it bad enough. Like, one of those two reasons. Right. And, like, that's okay. You know, but it's not because you're not waking up. <laughs> right. Because you can wake up. And I, and I actually posted about this a long time ago. Um, 
if you wake up at five and you're useless until nine, yeah. like you're, you might as well have just stayed in bed, 100%. like scrolling on Facebook and all of that, like for four hours, doesn't make you a more successful person. Right. Right. So, so you have to know yourself and also when you work best, if you're terrible at five, then you might as well stay in bed and wake up when you're really good. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's just about being effective, meaning actually getting the results. It has nothing to do with the process. It's about getting the results at the end. And I think the only way somebody could find that is to be financially free, to get out of the nine to five, get to a, a job or income source where you control it. And now where it controls you, not saying, you know, quit your job and jump into another self-employed position, but like actual financial freedom, cutting your expenses down, getting a really long runway and being able to, you know, having that savings put in place allows you the ability to discover what you work best at. Most people are not operating at their optimal level. Um, and Hone, I know you're busy. Uh, so I've taken a lot of your time today, but I got to ask three, like, what is the three pieces before we jump off of this, the three pieces that if you go back to 20 year old Hone and just say, hey, these are the th three things that are most important to make you successful and happy. Uh, just run with these and you'll get everything that I have faster and uh, more easily. What three pieces of advice would you give a, a young 20 year old right now? Uh, number one, I would say is to treat everybody as if you had fallen into a well. And you know how you're like, in, you're stuck in a well and you're looking up? And you're screaming, help, help, right? You don't care whose face pops up in the looking down. It does not matter at that point. Help, help, I need to get out of the well, right? Treat everybody as if they were that face at the top of the well, right? Treat everybody that way because the people you, you become friends with in your 20s, they become your business partners, your private money lenders, and your allies when you're in your 30s and your 40s in a big way. So treat everybody that way not just because you want something from them, but I mean, it's just the right thing to do, right? You want to be known as just being a kind person. There's enough people out there who are angry. So if you can add a bit of kindness, then that's fantastic. So a, a good way, again, is just to remember that you could be in a well, a metaphoric well, and looking up, and you don't know whose face is going to pop up. And if it's somebody who you like wronged in the past or if whatever, right? And you look, you look up and it's their face, you're like, damn so, <laughs> shit <laughs> yeah oh, i messed that one up right oh, so <laughs> you just never know down here <laughs> right right imagine imagine somebody you had like a feud with like in your 20s they become a doctor and they're your doctor at your 40s and they're like the number one surgeon and you need this thing done do you pick a different surgeon <laughs> like you you don't want to deal with those questions, right? right. You, don't, you yeah. don't want to deal with that situation. So do your best. It's hard, but just do your best to be good to everybody that you meet because it just, it comes around, right? People, it's, if you want more money, it comes from other people. If you want a better lifestyle, it comes from hanging with other people. Like you just, it's people, that's everything. Money isn't just self-generated. It comes from sales of a sale of a house. It comes from renting of a, an apartment. It comes from, and who's paying that? The person on the other side. So right. just, just be, and it's a skill. Being kind is a skill. So the, the more you work on it, the more kind you are to other people, the better you'll get at it. 
Like that's just not taught or talked about at all. That the fact that you can actually become kinder and it's a skill that you need to work on actively. Yep. I right? love that. Yeah. So that that's one. Uh look at everybody as a well. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> well. Um it, it needs an explanation, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I think with the story it helps because now you can actually envision that. You can yeah. actually oh, see cool. yourself at that bottom and you can see their face. And then the the beauty of it being a well it kind of looks like a halo is around them, right? Because you're in a dark well and you're looking up and they're they're glowing. It's kind yep. of like this background, right? This background right. Of, that um, you know how it's glowing. It'll yeah, look kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, kind of like that, right? Um, the other advice is the 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 whole thing about fire aim ready. The here's a pop quiz for you. A, a more more story, right? So imagine imagine fear, right? Imagine fear is like a monster. Right, picture fear, and it could be the the letters F E A R, right? And it's a monster, and it's got a big mouth. What does fear eat? Fear eats time. What does fear eats time? Absolutely, right. And so, the more time you give it, the bigger it gets. So, for those listening, picture this fear monster eating time. If you want to get anything done, act faster so that you give your fear less food. And if you do that, you'll get things done. You'll have more experiences. You'll develop more skills. You'll be more resourceful. Like you'll, people are amazing in the fact that we have the ability to figure things out. The fact that we're on Zoom, live, talking, internet, like the whole, the whole thing, that's amazing. That's like human ingenuity. So you as a person, you being human as well, Know that if you agree to something, that you have the power to figure it out. Don't think you need to have all of the answers beforehand. Say yes and then figure it out. Don't go, let me think about it. Let me study first. Let me do everything that I need to do and have every box checked off because by then fear is going to be huge. So give fear less time, fire, aim, ready. Right. So that would be, that would be the second advice. Uh, third one, man, I'm just kind of making them up as I go along. Um, <laughs> the third one would be around, I guess it, it would be kind of the, st the stories that I was telling earlier. It's, it's being okay with you. Okay. Now I, okay. I got a, I got a better one. Be authentic. Okay, so the so this message is all around being authentic. A lot of times I found myself trying to be somebody else because I thought I needed to be that way in order to achieve what they have. And now there is something to say about modeling and it's like, okay, if somebody is successful, then model what they do. But notice it's model what they do, not who they are. Okay, so if, if somebody dresses a certain way and says things a certain way, you can model that, sure. But you still need to be authentic to who you think you are and your being, right? Because we are human beings, not human doings, right? So as a human being, if you're playful as a natural habit, then don't think that you have to be serious in order to become successful because look at comedians, 
comedians have turned their ability to make people laugh and have a good time. And they're, they're like, just have go lucky go or whatever the saying is, right. Just, just being happy. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they've been able to turn that into a multi-million dollar empire. I just posted about Adam Sandler. He's yep. worth $420 million, $420 million. And he does comedy. Yep. And what I found that was really crazy is that most of his movies like bombed. So the way he uh, acquired most of that money actually came from Netflix. A lot of people don't know this, but his, his contracts with Netflix, he did, he did four movies for Netflix for $250 million. Wow. And the four movies all bombed. <laughs> but what did Netflix do? They signed another contract with him for another $250 million, yep. right? And they, he signed, and why? It's because he's authentic to himself. And even though the movie bombed, it attracted eyeballs. Like people kept watching his stuff. His movies rank in the top 10 and sometimes number one of most viewed movies in Netflix. Yep. So Netflix decided to re-up his contract and actually they're trying they're just they're thinking about re-upping his contract again for 500 million <laughs> and again it's like yeah you're a goofball you're the class clown great embrace that right be authentic to who you are like so when i first got on here i said to you i don't love real estate i'm not faking it i'm not this person who's telling you that oh i love real estate and i eat breathe and blah blah, blah and 5 a.m club and all i'm i told you straight from the get-go that yeah. i don't like real estate and then i tell you later that i'm not the 5 a.m club guy either i'm i'm who i am but i'm okay with being that person yeah. and then what's going to happen is that people can see through fake and because i've been so real and so transparent People are going to be like, I don't know what it is, but I like that guy because everybody likes real. That's right. Right. And so then you're going to get followers for you being you, and you're going to lose followers when you try to be someone else. Exactly. You want to be as polarizing in life as possible. Yeah. Be your 100% yeah. self and just be okay with losing people because one third will love you no matter what, one third will hate you no matter what, and one third doesn't even notice you. They don't care one way or the other. Right. Right. And, and, if you get 51% to like you, you can be the president. That's, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Donald Trump is quoted as saying, if you get half the America to hate you, <laughs> you can be the president. Right. Anyway, right. The, other, the other side of it is, uh, you know, 51% to like you or vote for you and, and you win. It's that right. Right. And remember guys, this is your life. Yeah. And if you hate every moment of it, but you think this is what you need to do in order to be successful, you've already failed. 100%. So don't, don't do things that are just not in alignment with who you are as a person. Like for me, I have my engineering background. So numbers are a big thing in my life. Like it's just natural for me to like numbers. And so I do the real estate thing because it aligns with me, but, and I also like other things and I do those things too. But what I don't like is being fake with people. And I find that in corporate America, you have to suck up to people and, and wear these wear different the suit. Yeah. Wear the suit, yeah, wear the wear mask. The yeah, exactly. And I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that for long. Right. And 
every time I was inauthentic to myself, I struggled. I hated life. Every time I was free to be me, I loved life. Right? I love it. Yeah. Oh, what, a, what a powerful message to end it on. I appreciate your time so much. If somebody wants to learn more about Hone Thai, go to honesloans.com or you can send them an email at hone, honesloans at gmail. Hone at, yeah, hone at honesloans.com. Hone at hone. hone. Go ahead. Hone at honesloans.com. Or you can check out my website at truthaboutrei.com. Or as you said, you can go to honesloans.com as well. <laughs> and he, he's also ways. on Facebook and uh, LinkedIn and all those other websites. But I'm sure uh, if you want to reach out to Hone, he's he's just looking to give uh, value. He may talk more about your mindset than real estate, but trust me, that's what you need to learn about. Uh, thank you, Hone, so much. I appreciate your time. Uh, we definitely want to build this relationship and uh, do this again uh, very soon because I think what you have to deliver as a message is so important to people out there. So thank you so much for your time today, brother. Hey, man. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Hey, when you have a choice, always work with the best. Cheers to your success. Talk to you soon, man.